Welcome to Grace Capital Church Podcast, broadcasting from our Pembroke campus. Well, good morning. Everybody's doing well? Well, I just want to say a big thank you as they, uh, I know it's a little boomy, they're going to adjust this for us, but I want to say a big thank you to everybody who came out this week to make this happen, and uh, it is amazing, it's beautiful. I want to especially thank you, thank John and Richie and Steve. Um, these are the guys that you don't necessarily, you see Richie, but you don't get to see John or Steve very much, but they, they really were the brains behind this and climbing through rafters and rewiring, and, and it's, we do this for you. We don't do this for us, we do this because we want to create an environment that is comfortable but an environment that allows us to really engage with the presence of God. Don't we love the presence of God? That's why we're here. We get to worship Him. Before we jump into Galatians chapter 4, I also want to let you know that um, I'm so grateful for you as a church that's generous. Um, I don't know if you realize, but uh, starting the week of September 11th, we're going to be hosting a couple families who are homeless here in our church. It's through the organization called Family Promise. And we will provide a dinner and a breakfast for them. All those slots are already filled for the week. So thank you so much for, for doing that. But we do need some night owls <laughs> to stay overnight. Um, Jeremy Friedis, is Jeremy in the house? Jeremy, stand up. There's Jeremy. Everybody look at this guy over here. He's a good-looking guy. Um, Jeremy um, is going to be outside the um, church doors today. And he is looking for people to fill some slots to stay overnight and uh, to just kind of create a safe environment for these families. So one of the things that our church is about, you know, we're about loving people in their time of need, right? So we care for one another, but we also care for those who don't know yet Jesus or just are down on their luck. So um, that's going to be coming up soon. So I want to make sure that you guys can get involved in that if you have the ability um, to stay up through sections of the night. Um, all right, well, let's uh, open up your Bibles, if you will, to Galatians chapter, chapter 4. Unfortunately, we're not going to be able to finish this series in Galatians. Um, I might highlight some things next week, um, but this will conclude our summer series. And uh, the thing that you'll know about Galatians, for those of you who've been regularly coming to church, which if you're in town, come to church on Sunday. Um, because there's a lot of great things that you'll learn and apply to your life, and you'll grow closer in your relationship with Jesus. But Galatians, just think about this. If somebody says, hey, what's the book of Galatians all about? Just say, it's kind of like New Hampshire. It's a book about freedom, live free or die. You know, it's just kind of like, and really this is what Paul, the Apostle Paul, when he begins to unpack Galatians, he's really talking to the people of Galatia, saying, guys, Enough with your bondage of your life. Did you, do you not want to live free? How many people want to live free here? Amen. Well, I love the hands, but I want a little bit more oomph. How many people want to live free here? There we go. Okay, so much better. That is amazing. So in Galatians chapter 4, but let's, let's, hopefully people brought your Bibles or your smart device. I love the tangible Bible. Remember, we have free Bibles for you at the Info Hub if you don't own a Bible get a Bible. You should be in your Bible regularly anyways. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for this opportunity to share your word with your people. God, I just pray that the words that I speak would not just be my words. They would actually be 
the words inspired by your Holy Spirit. God, I, I take this moment very seriously. Father, that um, as we share your word, that they would be words of truth, words of hope, and words of life. In Jesus' name, amen. So Galatians chapter 4, um, I'm going to really just uh, really pinpoint a section here, but before I get there, um, really the first part of Galatians 4, it's, it's Paul kind of saying, all right guys, really, how many times do I have to tell you? He's kind of getting frustrated with them of just saying, you guys, I've been sharing you what the truth is, but why do you keep going back to, to creating bondage in your life? And then he goes on in this little section, and he's in Galatians chapter 4, verse 21. He ta- starts talking about the example of Hagar and Sarah. Do you guys remember where, the, where those two characters are in the Bible, the, the account of Abraham? That would be in Genesis, if you want to read that at a later time. So, so here God creates a promise, well, he doesn't create a promise, but he gives a promise to Abraham that he will have a son. And his son will be a promised son that will create really a, a nation. And unfortunately, his wife, Sarah, is starting to get very old, and she cannot have a baby. Well, then he decides, you know what? I got a good idea. Why don't I take my, my worker who works in my house and have a baby with her? Men, don't try this with your wife at home. It doesn't work. Well, Abraham did it. Well, you will find out how it happened for Abraham. It's not good. Can I tell you what? Good ideas that are not God's ideas are bad ideas. You get that? Good ideas that are not God's ideas are bad ideas. And so Abraham sleeps with a maidservant and has a child, and this child's name is Ishmael. Now, some people would say Ishmael was the kind of the starting of uh, the Islamic faith. It's probably not true, even though it was started by Muhammad uh, back in about 600 AD. Ishmael was born like 2,000 years earlier. Now, Muhammad was uh, from the Arabic area, and probably the same area that Ishmael was, but there's not really a strong correlation, but it's probably from his descendants that it was formed. But Ishmael and Hagar became a problem for Abraham. You see, Abraham's idea, what he thought was a good idea, ended up being a bad idea. It caused a lot of problems, a lot of conflict. Well, then, here's what happens. Sarah's 90 years old. And miraculously, she has a baby, Isaac. Can can I just tell you something also? I I want you to grab a hold of this in your heart right now. That God has a promise for you. God has put you on this planet for a reason. I love that song that we sang today. That, That he's placed a purpose inside of you. And he's placed a promise inside of you. And God wants to fulfill that promise in you, but he wants to do the work for you. So hold on to that nugget for a minute. Because Abraham was given a promise, and then 
He took matters in his own hands, but finally the promise came to fruition. And Isaac was born, and a great nation comes from Isaac. Well, let's read this. I just want to give you some back uh, history to that. This is Paul now recounting this. In Galatians chapter 4, verse 21. Tell me, you who desire to be under the law, do you not listen to the law? Again, remember, he's, Paul's talking to the Jews here. For it is written that Abraham had two sons, one by a slave woman. And it's interesting, he makes this correlation between slave and free. Remember, this whole book is about our freedom. And it's interesting, it was a slave woman that he ended up creating a child with that caused so much problems. One by a slave woman and one by a free woman. But the son of the slave was born according to the flesh. According to the flesh. According to Abraham's good idea. That was not God's idea that became a bad idea. You see, sometimes we so desire to pursue God that we start jumping ahead of God and we start doing things that God never intended us to do. Was born according to the flesh, while the son of the free woman was born through promise. Can everybody say promise? Promise. Promise. Now this may be interpreted allegorically. That word basically means, it's kind of like a metaphor. There's some meaning underneath this whole situation here. And so this is what Paul was saying. There's some deeper meaning than than just recounting a story. These women are two covenants. One is from Mount Sinai, bearing children of slavery. She is Hagar. Now, Hagar is Mount Sinai in Arabia. She corresponds to the present Jerusalem, for she is in slavery with her children. But the Jerusalem above is free, and she is our mother. Let's stop there. I don't want to confuse you. Arabia. That's probably modern-day Saudi Arabia. And he says, well, wait a second. Jerusalem isn't located in Arabia. It's true. But what he was saying is the Jewish people were in bondage, were in slavery to rules and regulations that they were trying to work things out in their flesh. And as a result, they couldn't live the promise that God had for them. What that means for us is we try so hard to live things out in the flesh And we're wondering why we don't have the freedom that we're supposed to have. But then he's going on to say, well, the the spiritual Jerusalem is really where we, as followers of Jesus, should be, which is realizing we're not living just for this world, we're living for another world. But when we come to Christ, it is, we live, well, basically this, heaven starts now. When you come to Christ, do you realize that heaven starts that day for you? You don't have to wait until you die to experience heaven. And there's this place of freedom that he wants us to walk in, but it's found in when we walk in the spirit and not in the flesh. Our freedom is found when we walk in the spirit and not according to the flesh. See, Abraham, he decided that God really probably didn't know what he was doing, or maybe he did, but he started saying, this is impossible for Sarah to give birth. She's 90. Abraham's 100 at that time. 
but yet she gives birth. We sang about that this morning. Nothing is impossible for God. But when we start thinking that our, di- our idea is better than God's idea, it becomes such a bad idea. And it produced so much bondage and slavery for Abraham and for people. So much so, Abraham finally had to say, Hagar and Ishmael, get lost. I I can't have you around anymore. You're causing too much conflict. If you want to find out if you're doing things God's way or not, just start looking around you. Is there a lot of turmoil around you? Does chaos seem to follow you? Now, I do know that we have an enemy and he's trying to you know, throw sticks in our wheel of our life and he's trying to put rocks in the clogs and the, in the that's, a, that's a machine metaphor for you. What, what's that flywheel or something? Yeah, something like that. If you're going to use a metaphor, Mark, you better know what you're talking about here. I'm just <laughs> babbling, sorry. You get the point though, right? It's, it's kind of like, but God, when he births something, he has a promise for you and he births it through you The point is, he births it through you. He births it through you. I have a couple good things here for you. First of all, is what's birthed in the flesh becomes a future mess. It's true. Church, if there's anything I want you to walk away with is understand, look to Jesus. Look to God. Allow the Holy Spirit to birth things through you. Don't just start going on autopilot and start living your life for yourself. It's going to create a mess. But here's the other thing. Living for the promise requires living by faith. See, Abraham thought it was impossible for Sarah to give birth, and so he had to have faith to believe that even though what he saw that seemed impossible is possible for God. And actually, God loves to show off in the impossible. He does. Because you know why? You know who gets the glory for it at that point? He does. There's nobody who can take credit for it. Sarah and Abraham could not take credit for giving birth to that baby. It was only by God. It was only by God. You see, when we talked about in Galatians 3, and if you are here, you you remember me wrapping a cord around myself. And we're saying our poor choices, our poor decisions, our selfish ambitions began to wrap cords of bondage around us. Really, it's sin. But today, what we're talking about, the difference of freedom is, is as we go on this journey and realizing that people are here because they truly want to pursue Jesus, they want to pursue the promise that God has in your life, the tendency can be that we jump ahead of God. We hear God's voice and we see the promise and we hear the promise, but then all of a sudden ambition gets in the way. And we start pressing and pushing, and all of a sudden we start realizing we're birthing things out of the flesh. I want to be known as a church that doesn't produce things of the flesh, but produces a promise. 
that allows God to get all the glory and all the credit. Can you turn to your neighbor and say, I am great? For some of you, that was really awkward, wasn't it? You feel like you're kind of like being like arrogant. I'm great. Well, you are great because the Spirit of God lives in you. You see, your greatness comes from the Spirit of God who lives inside of you, and that's why when you produce something great for Him that's birthed in the Spirit and not in the flesh, God gets the glory for it. Your greatness is found because the Spirit of God is great inside of you. That should give you some confidence. Your greatness is found because God, who is great, dwells inside of you. You are great. And God has promises that have been placed inside of you that he wants to have birthed through you. But it's not going to be in your own human effort. It's going to be by the Spirit of God. See, our job is just to come into alignment to what he is doing. And I have to tell you, church, the only way that I know how to come in alignment to what he's doing is you've got to spend time with him. Because if you're not spending time with him, you are not going to be able to hear that still small voice that's giving you instructions to say, here's a door that's been opened for you. Will you walk in it? Here's an opportunity that's lying before you. Would you walk in it? And it's otherwise what happens is I've got my promise over here and I'm going to press and pursue to try to make that come to fruition. But it's going to produce an Ishmael. I suppose you've got a promise over here and you're saying, God, I'm going to wait for you to accomplish the promise through my life, which means I'm going to stay obedient and open to see what it is that you are speaking to me and I'm, every day I'm going to walk in obedience to you and allow him to birth the promise through you. You see, our job is not to make it happen, but to say yes when God is making it happen. Let me say that again. Our job is not to make it happen, it's to say yes when God is making it happen. Did you catch the subtlety there? Sometimes we just feel like we've got to make it happen. I'm on mission for you, God. I, I gotta pursue you. I gotta do these, I gotta climb this big hill for you, God. And then we're producing all this stuff that is really just about flesh. Our own works. But God is wanting to do amazing things through you and you and you and you. But he wants to do it through you in his timing, in his way. Would you let him do that? Would you let him do that? So the first thing you need to know is God's placed a promise inside of you. And you are great because the spirit of God is great that lives inside of you. Today, we're going to be taking some communion at the end of the service. And I want you to begin already thinking about the importance of that symbol of why he's asked us to commune with him. Commune. Two people. Communicating. Being close sharing something together. I want you to consider that this morning is a time for you to 
commune with God, be close to him, and allow him to speak the promises that he has for you and for your life to you. See, the Spirit of God is present, and he can, he can whisper to you. He can speak these things to you. I am so encouraged lately. By the way, it is a new day for Grace Capital Church. Do you agree? God is doing something so new and so fresh. I have been hearing conversations of people who are out here this morning that are coming and telling me, it's like, I cannot believe what God is doing in my business right now. I cannot believe that when I chose to, and here's the story, there's somebody who's in financial services and for a long time have struggled. And, and they just kind of said, you know, I've just kind of, I know God called me into this, but I've just kind of, you know, haven't been super confident in it. And, and she says, you know what? The moment I realized that this is not mine, that God asked me to steward this, he's brought me into this place, that my only job is to come into alignment to what he's doing. So what she says, she goes, every time I have a meeting, I just pray. I said, God, let your will be done. Let me be coming into alignment with what you're doing. And immediately she says, the doors are flying open. You see, I think sometimes we have this inkling because a lot of times what we're doing has to do with something that God's designed you to do. Otherwise, you wouldn't find fulfillment in what you're doing. And maybe some of you need to change what you're doing because too long you've had the world who's told you, you just better be responsible. You just better get a paycheck home. And you're dying on the inside. Some of you need to understand that God's placed a promise inside of you that needs to be birthed. He has a great plan for you. But he's looking for you to come into alignment with him and being willing to take the risk to say yes to him. By the way, you have permission to do that, by the way. Thank you so much. I, don't feel badly. I, it's, it's encouraging. I was like, man, I made a good point. It's probably not a good point, but he just makes me feel good. So it's like, it's all right. You'll get through this. You'll get through this. You know, there's, as a kid, there's a, there's a song that goes, I am a promise. I am a possibility. I am a promise with a capital P. I am a great big bundle of potentiality. There's a reason I'm not in the worship team anymore, by the way. <laughs> they, they asked me to stop being a worship leader, and, and I said, well, what, what can I do? And they said, well, the only job that's left is a lead pastor, so you can have that thing. And it's like, oh, thanks. Um, so you are a promise. You have a ton of potential. But that potential is only realized when you submit your life to Jesus Christ. And allow the Holy Spirit to work through you. You see, that's the, that's the great thing about this. It's not, it does not have to be you doing the work. It's the Holy Spirit who does the work through you. Oh, that should just like liberate you. It's like, I don't need to make anything happen. No, you don't. You just need to spend time with Jesus and spend time allowing the Holy Spirit to work through you. Plain and simple. Plain and simple. God has placed a promise in each one of us and trust that he will produce the promise for his purpose. See, it's not really about us. It's for him. It's 
It's for him. It's for his kingdom. It's for his purpose. But I'll tell you the cool thing about that is when we align to it, though, we find ourselves with such joy, with such peace, and with such freedom. You see, that's what Paul was saying. He goes, you try to produce things in the flesh, it just brings bondage in your life. You see, your good idea, if it's not God's idea, is a bad idea. And it will happen every single time unless we align to God's ideas so it can become a good idea. Oh man, the little seeds of promise that are inside each one of you are waiting to be birthed, are waiting to come to fruition, are waiting to see the greatness of what God wants to do through your life. But it takes you deciding tomorrow morning when you wake up and say, here I am, Lord, use me. Here I am, Lord, I want to spend time with you so I can hear your voice. Here I am, Lord, use me. I have a couple scriptures for you. In 2 Corinthians 1.20, it says this, For all the promises of God find their yes in him. That is why it is through him that we utter our amen to God for his glory. And it is God who establishes us with Christ, with you in Christ, and has anointed us, and who has also put his seal on us and has given us his spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. If the worship team wants to come, I want you to begin to hold on to this scripture. All of God's promises are yes and amen. Which means if God has spoken it to you, he will be faithful to bring it to completion. He will be faithful to bring it to completion. But again, our job is just to continue to submit, to surrender, and to align to the Spirit of God. So is this good news? Is it encouraging that tomorrow morning you get to go up and you get to be on mission for Jesus and you're realizing that God has something deep inside of you that is wanting to be birthed out through you? And you don't have to make it happen. All you need to do is say yes when God is making it happen. But here might be the tendency. I just want to give you this little warning. You're going to start to see things happening and then all of a sudden you're going to like go into autopilot. It's like, oh man, this is fun. Here we go. And you start running. And meanwhile, you're running and it's like, wait a second, where's Jesus? Where'd he go? Uh, hello, you just left him. Back there. The tendency will be to get so excited that we stop realizing that we have to stay in step with the Spirit of God. Because we run too far ahead, we're going to start doing things in the flesh. We know that makes a future mess. I want the ideas that you have to be God's ideas. 
so these big ideas, when they come into fruition, God gets all the glory and it produces great things for his kingdom. You see, church, it's a new day and God is, is stirring. He wants, to, he wants to see revival in schools. He wants to see your workplaces be radically transformed. He wants to prosper your business. He wants to, to allow your home to flourish. But we need to do it God's way and allow him to do it in his timing without us getting too ambitious but realizing that God's greatness is inside of each one of you. I'm so proud of, I know God's done a lot of stories and and just because it happens to be in the news, I'm so proud of, in our congregation, we have a judge here and you would have seen him on the news this week. He had to make some very difficult decisions. But I'm so proud that there's a man who's chasing after Jesus when he's put in places of saying, I have to make a hard call. That I know that he's surrendered and he's prayed and he's positioned his heart to say, I want to come into alignment to what you're saying, God. I want to come into alignment with your word. And, And he's in that place, not because he chased down to be a judge, but somebody asked him, would you consider? See, the door of opportunity will open for you and we just need to align our hearts to say, is this you, God? Is this you, God? Then I will step through this door and you'll put the words in my mouth and you'll place me in places that I need to be for you and your kingdom. You and your kingdom. That story is the same story for each one of you. God has designed you for a specific purpose see your life be a life of significance to be a life of of greatness not because you're so great which you are great but because the one who created the world the one who has all power and all authority dwells inside of you and when he does something through you His name is made great. His name is made great. If those who are serving communion this morning want to come, I want to, I want to also encourage you, because when, when I said this time, we're going to be talking about asking the Lord, God, what have you placed inside of me? What promise have you given me? If your promises are yes and amen, well, I don't even know what my promise is. There might be some more over there, um, more trays on that side. You're good. Uh, thank you. I want to encourage you, you don't have to pursue it. It will pursue you. You don't have to pursue it. It will pursue you. You just need to be open to what the Spirit of God wants to do through you. So this morning, as we take communion, I want us to allow it to be a time of communion, which is a time of being quiet before the Lord. Allow him to speak to your heart.
Maybe he's going to rekindle some passions and some dreams that you once had and you've just kind of said, ah, those will never come to fruition. Yeah, who says that? Just because it hasn't happened yet? Allow him to speak to your hearts this morning. If you're visiting with us today, I want to let you know communion is open to anybody who's a believer in Jesus Christ. Actually, let me just take care of that business real quick then too. If you are here and if you said, you know what? I've never really given my life to Jesus. Today is your day. And with your boldness right now, just slip up your hand and say, I want to know Jesus. I've never made that decision. I want to know him. Is that you? Slip up your hand. Anybody here? I just want to make sure. All right. And if for some reason you said, oh, I was too nervous to do that, come talk to me afterwards. I want to make sure you don't leave here today unless you've had the opportunity to know Jesus and to have the assurance in your heart that you're safe and secure in in that relationship with him. So you're going to come from, you're going to exit to your left, and then you're going to circle back to your seats to the right. And we're going to hold this these elements together, this... Um, So, yeah, you can just come right now. That'd be fine. Right here, right here. Thank you for listening to the Grace Capital Church Podcast. If you'd like to know more about this podcast and the mission that we have in New England, or if this podcast has been a blessing to you and you would like to support this ministry financially, please visit us online at gccnh.com 